good evening. It's Friday night again, and that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got Mr. Rod Milburn. James Snowden. Richard Phillips. Cheeky Chappy Colin Brown. Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. And Simon Holt from the Sporting Life. We'll be having a look at another equine superstar. And we'll be having a look to see exactly where your horse finished in the Grand National. So sit back, have a cup of coffee, get your notepad ready and let's see if we can find some winners for you. Well as usual we're going to start off by catching up with Mike Padden with all the racing news. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media which includes of course Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. To kick us off this week here's our first story. Bill 16's owner Jimmy Fife has defended the sport's actions and record on horse welfare following an emotional day at Aintree on Saturday which saw his star suffer a fatal injury in the Randox Grand National. The Sandy Thompson-trained 10-year-old fell for the only time in his 27-race career at the first fence in the National, which had been delayed by animal rights protesters. Fife, who part-owned Hill 16 with Scott Townsend, back the care that racehorses receive and insists his horse death will not deter him from the sport. He said, You can lose a horse in the field who's running about. The horses get looked after so well by all of the trainers. I've been in all the stables where I've got horses and they're looked after like kings. They really are. Sadly, losing a horse happened for me and Scott, but I love the game and invest a lot of money in it. The horses have a great life and love running so I've got no qualms with staying in this game. Thompson blamed the incident on the start being delayed by around 15 minutes after several protesters got on the course and tried to secure themselves to the fences and railings. The trainer said it caused Hill 16, who had been badly hampered when unseating in the Scottish Grand National 12 months earlier, to become hyper, and Fife agreed the saga could have played a part in what happened. He said, It didn't help with the horses walking about for a lengthy amount of time and then going back to the stables and coming back again. This wasn't good for the horses. I was absolutely gutted to lose Hill 16, especially for the stable staff, Sandy and all his team. It was heartbreaking. Hill 16 was not the only bad luck over the fences that Fife and Townshend had. On Friday, their Cooper's Cross, trained by Stuart Coltard, fell four out in the topper after being hampered when travelling well. Fife, a director and sponsor of Scottish Premier football team Dundee United, had a decidedly mixed experience at Aintree, as, less than one hour after his national heartbreak, he won the concluding Grade 2 bumper with the Nicky Richards-trained Florida Dreams. He said, He's very exciting and it was good getting a win on home soil first at Musselburgh and then we wanted to keep him for this race. I love Aintree. 
Sadly, I lost a horse in the National, which is the ups and downs of the sport. I love getting a lot of my horses here, so to win was brilliant. And next here on the Racing News, a little more on this story. Hill 16 suffered a fatal injury after falling at the first fence in Saturday's Randolph's Grand National, an incident trainer Sandy Thompson blamed on the race being delayed by animal rights protesters. The start was delayed by almost 15 minutes after several protesters were able to get onto the entering course and attempt to secure themselves to fence and railings. That delay caused Hill 16 to become hyper, according to Thompson, who was adamant the actions of the protesters were behind his horse falling for the first time in his career. Thompson said, It's not good. He got absolutely hyper and we washed him off. They haven't a blooming clue what they're doing. He just hasn't taken off at the first fence. He's got so blooming hyper because of the carry-on. Unfortunately, it's a, a statistic we are all trying to avoid. He's jumped round here twice and never had a bother. I don't know when he last fell. I know how ignorant these people are and they haven't a blooming clue. They just cause more problems than they ever solve. Hill 16 had previously raced over the national fences twice, finishing second in the 2021 Beecher Chase and seventh in this season's running of the same race. Two further Grand National runners, Cape Gentleman and Reciter Prayer, were assessed on course before being walked onto horse ambulances and taken for further assessment at the race course stables after the race. Cape Gentleman was pulled up before the 14th fence while Reciter Prayer was another first fence faller. Dickon White, Northwest Regional Director for the Jockey Club, said Hill 16 was immediately attended by expert veterinary professionals during the Grand National, but sadly sustained a fatal injury. Our heartfelt condolences are with his connections. Reciter Prayer and Cape Gentleman were assessed on course by veterinary teams. Both horses walked onto the horse ambulance for further assessment in the stables. Further updates will be provided in due course. Earlier on the card, Dark Raven suffered a fatal injury when falling at the 7th in the Grade 1 Turner's Mersey Novices Hurdle, while rider Johnny Burke was taken to hospital for further assessment after his fall from Sam Brown in the National. Julie Harrington, Chief Executive of the BHA, said... Our thoughts are with everyone connected to the horses who suffered fatal injuries this week. British Racing works tirelessly to improve the sport's safety record and reduce avoidable risk. Every incident is reviewed by the BHA alongside the racecourse and other bodies. As a sport, we have for years shown great determination and commitment to improve welfare standards by taking measured scientific, evidence-based, regulatory and education-based steps. We respect the right of anyone to hold views about our sport, but we robustly condemn the reckless and potentially harmful actions of a handful of people in disrupting the race at a time when the horses were in the parade ring. Those involved in British racing are rightly proud of our sport and the role it plays in providing an unparalleled quality of life for horses bred for racing. Love and respect for the horses is at the heart of everything we do. The Grand National is and always will be an iconic sporting event and the actions of a small number of people today will do nothing to diminish its huge and enduring international appeal.
Next up, here on the Sporting News, is some more on this story. 23 people were arrested by police on Saturday after protesters broke onto the course at Aintree. Their actions were condemned by prominent figures within racing, with Sir Anthony McCoy labelling them as attention seekers, and Sandy Thompson, whose Hill 16 suffered the fatal fall, saying they haven't a blooming clue what they're doing. At around 5pm, a number of animal rights activists wearing pink t-shirts and others wearing plain clothes attempted to scale the perimeter fence or make their way through gates at the far end of the racecourse near Beecher's Brook and the Canal Turn. Some of the protesters tried to climb over the fence using ladders, which were confiscated by police and security staff, while others attempted to clamber over unaided. Merseyside Police said the majority of those trying to get on the course were prevented from doing so. However, nine people did make it onto the track, with some gluing themselves to the second fence and others seeking to shackle themselves to the running rail by canal turn. A spokesperson for the police said, We continue to work with the Jockey Club and other partners to keep people safe during the Grand National Festival. We respect the right to peaceful protest and expression of views, but criminal behaviour and disorder is not tolerated and will be dealt with robustly. On Saturday morning, police confirmed a 33-year-old woman from London was arrested in the Greater Manchester area on suspicion of conspiracy to cause public nuisance in relation to the Grand National. At 6.30pm on Saturday, police said a total of 23 people had been arrested before and during the race. Aintree said Cape Gentleman and Reciter Prayer had been taken for further veterinary inspection after the Grand National, while Hill 16 was put down after falling at the first fence, with a video of the incident posted online by the Animal Rights Group. Grand National winning jockey Sir Anthony McCoy, speaking on ITV Racing, blasted the protesters for not having any understanding of horses and how well they are cared for while Harry Cobden described the delay as frustrating for horses and jockeys and owners and trainers. Next, here on the Sporting News. Robert Whaley-Cohen, owner of last year's winner and this year's fourth Noble Yates, said the delay the protesters had caused had been unhelpful for the horses. He said, I thought they weren't very concerned about horse welfare. Making them walk round and round in the parade is not good for horse welfare. If that's your concern, you've made a mistake. I'm not on that side of it at all, but I think the course probably dealt with the protest as fast and as quickly as they could. In the run-up to this year's Grand National, animal rights activists repeatedly expressed an intention to protest at this year's race. As well as protesting outside the racecourse, some activists had outlined plans to bypass security and potentially disrupt the Grand National by creating a human barrier. Olga Coughlin, spokeswoman for the animal rights group Animal Rising, which also blocked the M57 motorway in Liverpool on Saturday, said, Today marks not the end, but the beginning of the summer of Animal Rising. We will be defending animals and nature and creating an unignorable national conversation about our relationship to animals and the natural world. Photographer Marcia Thompson saw the protesters and said, The locals were helping the police. They were grabbing the protesters' ladders and they were throwing the ladders over the fence. 
ITV Racing presenter Kevin Blake said no one cared more about racehorses and their welfare than those in the sport as he made an impassioned defence of horse racing and the Grand National in a TV debate on Thursday night. Speaking on Talk TV in a debate with a representative from an animal rights group planning to protest at Aintree on the Saturday, he contrasted the vast worldwide TV audience for the race with the 100 to 200 people expected to join the protesters on Grand National Day. The potential for disruption at this year's Grand National was reported this month with activists allegedly planning to scale security fences and create a human barricade on the course. In response, Merseyside Police said a robust policing plan would be in place. Blake said many held misguided views about the safety of the Grand National. He said, The race is not perfect and isn't without risk. Racing itself is on this and has been on it for decades. It's important for those who don't watch racing every day to know the Grand National is a very different race to what it was in relatively recent times. The fences have been massively modified. Everything around the race has been modified with a view to reducing the avoidable risk. The most recent changes to the fences were made after the 2012 renewal and since then the race has never been safer. The fatality rate has dropped to 1.1%. It has never been lower. The average number of fallers in those nine renewals has dropped to five, compared to 11.6 prior to those changes. Nobody made horse racing make those changes. This was all self-driven in the interests of reducing avoidable risk. The problem we have is risk can never be eliminated, and it is up to us as intelligent, reasonable people deciding what qualifies as acceptable risk. This has been this week's edition of The Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which does include Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time for The Racing News. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from, of course, The Racing Post, The Sporting Life and Racing TV. And now we're going to see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are eight races over the jumps at Air with a 1.15 start. Seven races over the flat at Thursk with a 1.25 start. Seven races on the flat at Newbury, 1.30 start. Seven races over the jumps at Bangarondee, 1.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Brighton with a 4.40 start. And six races on the flat at Nottingham with a 5.25 start. And Sunday, just the two meetings on Sunday, seven races over the jumps at Plumpton with a two o'clock start, and seven races over the jumps at Stratford with a 2.15 start. Okay, next up, it's Equine Superstar time. Equine Superstars. This week we're looking at Pebbles. Pebbles was a chestnut filly who was foaled in 1981. Her sire was Sharpen Up and her dam La Dolce. Pebbles breeders and part owners were Marcus Lemus and Sheikh Mohammed and she was trained at Newmarket by Clive Britton. 
Among Pebble's major race successes were, in 1984, the Nell Gwyn Stakes, the 1,000 Guineas, and in 1985, the Sandown Mile, the Eclipse Stakes, the Champion Stakes, and the Breeders' Cup. Pebbles was voted the British Horse of the Year and was awarded a time form rating of 135. Now let's cast our minds back to the 1985 Coral Eclipse. The orders in August leads from Pebbles in second place and Bob back third and Rainbow Quest settled at the rear of the field in fourth place. So it's August really setting quite a sensible gallop early on. Five lengths clear from Pebbles in second, Bob back third and Rainbow Quest racing on an even keel back in fourth place. They've completed just over a quarter of a mile and August leads from Pebbles in second place and then Bob back third and Rainbow Quest back in fourth place. No change then in the order as they continue their run down the far side of the Coral Eclipse. A mile and a quarter is the trip. £100,000 in added prize money and August the leader from Pebbles in second place then Bob back in third and Rainbow Quest just in fourth place. Jockey Alan Lecoeur with a pink cap making up a little bit of ground as they begin the sweep out of the back straight. It's still August though in the lead, maintaining it from Pebbles in second. Bob back third and Rainbow Quest four. They sweep out of the back straight and Pebbles getting a little bit closer but you can see from that camera angle she's still some three to four lengths behind August and Rainbow Quest makes ground to go on the outside of Bob back and this is going to be a sprint finish. August, the pacemaker, has lasted really too long and it was just over four to race, still has the call over Pebbles in second. Rainbow Quest is going to swing a bit wide and Bruce Raymond's going to come on the inside on Bob back and with just over three to race, Pebbles and Steve Cawthon's got a lot of horse underneath him but so too is Alan Lecour on Rainbow Quest and Bob back are going to try and do them for speed. August's pacemaking role is done as Steve Cawthon goes for home on Pebbles and she's really quickening now and uh, Rainbow Quest just caught a bit flat-footed there and uh, with just two to race, it's Pebbles from Rainbow Quest Bob back in third, now switch to the outside and trying to stay on but it's Pebbles with a call by a length, by two lengths Rainbow Quest can find no more and looks surely held Bob back will have to sprout wings from there but Pebbles out in front, she's beginning to tie up perhaps running a bit lazy but now she's getting into gear the crowd are roaring, Steve Gawthon's coming home the race is going to be for second place but Pebbles is going to win it and coming up towards the line, Pebbles is the winner Pebbles the winner from Rainbow Quest in second place, Bob back finished third, and so Pebbles the 7-2 winner of this Coral Eclipse has laid the jinx of fillies in this race. She's stormed home to win on Ladies' Day. Pebbles there winning the 1985 Coral Eclipse Stakes. Well, we'll be back next week with yet another equine superstar. Now it's time to see exactly where you lost your money on the Grand National from last weekend. So, we're going to start at the top and work down. Of course, the race was won by Corrick Rambler, ridden by Derek Fox, the 8-1 favourite. Second was Vanillier, ridden by Sean Flanagan, a 20-1 shot. Third, Gilliard de Mensil, ridden by Paul Townend, a 10-1 shot. Fourth, Noble Yates, Sean Bowen, 10-1. Fifth, The Big Dog, ridden by Aidan Coleman. 12 to 1 shot. 6. Born by the Sea, Philip Enright, a 50 to 1 shot. 7th, Roy Maje, ridden by Felix to Giles, 33 to 1 shot. 8th, Mr. Coffee, ridden by Nico de Bonville, a 33 to 1 shot. 9th, A Wave of the Sea, ridden by Shane Fitzgerald, a 66 to 1 shot. 10th, Le Milos, 
ridden by Harry Skelp, a 12 to 1 shot. 11th, Our Power, ridden by Sam Twiston Davis, 25 to 1 shot. 12th, Enjoy De Allen, Simon Terenz, a 50 to 1 shot. 13th, Fortescue, Hugh Nugent, a 100 to 1 shot. 14th, Carefully Selected, Michael O'Sullivan, a 50 to 1 shot. 15th, Milena Trump, ridden by Theo Gillard, a 50 to 1 shot. 16th, Frankie de Burley, ridden by Ben Jones, at 125 to 1 shot. And 17th, Ain't That a Shame, Rachel Blackmore, a 10 to 1 shot. So, let's look at the horses that didn't finish. And we'll start at the 30th fence and work backwards. So, at the 30th fence, Capitano pulled up. At the 29th fence, Coco Beach pulled up. At 26th fence, Back on the Lash pulled up. The 24th fence, Mr. Incredible, unseated rider. The 21st fence, Eber's Oscar, unseated rider, and Delta Work, also unseated rider. The 18th fence, Any Second Now, pulled up. And Velvet Elvis, also pulled up. The 17th fence, Dun Boyne, pulled up. The 15th fence, Gabby's Cross, unseated rider. And Sam Brown fell. Fourteenth fence, Cape Gentleman pulled up. The ninth fence, Lifetime Ambition, unseated rider. The eighth fence, Longhouse Poet, unseated rider. The second fence, Durasso, unseated rider. Fury Road, unseated rider. And the big breakaway fell. And at the first fence, Cloudy Glen, unseated rider. Recite a prayer, unseated rider. Dior Kerr, unseated rider. Galvin, unseated rider. And Hill 16 fell. So there you have it. The complete and utter list of finishers in the Grand National. Sadly, three horses lost their lives during the whole meeting. And here on the racing show, we would like to offer our sympathy to everybody connected to those horses. It must be a terrible, terrible blow to you all. And we feel for you. But I'm afraid it's part of the race. And although nobody likes it, accidents do happen. So that's the story of the 2023 Grand National at Aintree. Our sincere congratulations to Lucinda Russell and Peter Scudimore. And of course, jockey Derek Fox and the owners of Corrick Rambler. But without doubt, the whole situation at Aintree uh, at this year's Grand National has created uh, a huge backlash of publicity. And we're going to talk to all of our regulars on the show to find out what their feelings are, not only on the race, but the severity of the fences and the whole organisation of the races to whether or not you can describe it as cruelty to animals, which is what the race protesters were trying to imply. And I think you'll find that the protesters are very much out of touch with reality on this, as most of our trainers will, I'm sure, confirm. And we're going to start with Joe Tizard. Of course, Joe uh, had uh, the big breakaway, and he was one of the very early uh, fallers, unfortunately. Uh, but this is what Joe had to say about the race. Well, good morning, Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, first question, obviously, is how is the big breakaway? Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. He was a bit sore, but um, 
bit stiff, but, but you know, he got knocked over twice, actually. He got knocked over initially, and as he was getting up, he got whacked again. So, um, but, but basically, it's fine. And generally, looking back on the event now, uh, you know, as, as as it sort of seems to have stirred up a complete hornet's nest, but, uh, you know, what's your opinion on the way the whole thing was handled? Well, they've done a good job. It's, um, you know, it, in the paddock, we, we obviously knew there was a slight delay, but we didn't know what was really going on. And, um, you know, I think the, the police and the security controlled it well. Um, I looked at the our horse was a very laid-back horse and it didn't affect him at all. There was a couple that were getting a bit wound up by it and obviously Sandy Thompson has openly said that his horse was definitely affected by it. But, um, but you know, I can't say the same about ours. Ours handled, handled all, the, all the hanging around fine and, um, you know, the, the, the protesters didn't manage cause helped race up for 14 minutes, that's all. Yeah. But do you think that the uh, the severity of the fences needs to be changed? No, I think that a lot has been done in the last um, 10, 15 years, and, and it, it's been it's been it's been made a lot safer over the years. I'm I'm you know if I didn't like the race, I wouldn't I wouldn't run our horses horses in it. No, quite. But I mean, I, I noticed somebody made it a good point to these animal protesters it's all very well saying you know cut out stop horse racing but what are you going to do with the 50,000 horses that are in training today well you'll you'll, you'll extinct thoroughbreds doing that um i i don't i don't think there's a problem with the with the racing the powers to be and everybody in the horsemen and everybody involved in racing are permanently looking at um what we can do to improve welfare and to improve and i think we're the the leading people in all of this. The people that are protesting, um, 95% of them don't know what they're protesting against. 95% of them have never been to a racing yard. They don't know how the horses are looked after. No. And they don't, um, they, they're not aware of it. I mean, we, we as, a, as an industry already hold open yard weeks where people are, are allowed to come into the yards. And there's not a yard in the country that wouldn't be open to them coming having a look so i think i think the next thing for us to concentrate on is educating these people because they jump on the bandwagon of reading this the tiny percent it's like it's literally 0.2 percent of horses basically lose their right life through racing and um but but these activists they they, they jump on all the negatives and not just in racing in in general well quite yeah i mean the they're even beginning to say that Man United should get rid of their badge because they've got a ship on it with three masts, which is absolutely ludicrous. But um, you know. there we are. This, um, this is this is what what we're having to deal with nowadays. But I, I really, I genuinely believe that ninety percent of the activists are just they they just you know they they move around from one event to another and they 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 don't actually have a strong opinion of what they're what they're what they're doing. They just you know, it's the same people that were sat on the motorways. It's yeah. the same people that want to jump on the snooker table. I, I don't think they actually believe in 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 what they're what they're trying to 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 do. Well, on to more positive things. You've got a horse running in the Scottish Grand National, uh, Oscar Elite, is it? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't run. He's going to run in the novice handicap up there instead now. Actually, oh right, yeah. He's still he's going up there, but he's um. 
at the novice handicap, still a £50,000 race and just looked a much, a much easier option for him. Right, OK. And you hopeful of uh, a good result there? Yeah, he's sort of joint second favourite for it. And, you know, if he, if, um, if he turns up in the form he was at Cheltenham, he'd, he'd go very close in it, simple as that. Well, look, safe journey to Cheltenham. I hope you have a good weekend and um, we should be keeping an eye on Oscar Elite. So thanks for talking to us, Joe. Cheers, Eddie. Lovely Bye. job. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, that was Joe Tizard, the trainer of the Big Breakaway, with his comments on last Saturday's Grand National. And now we're going to pop down to Columpton in Devon to catch up with Rod Milburn. Well, morning, Rod. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, I've got to start by the the furore that has um, surrounded the Grand National. Now, we spoke about it last week initially, and I know that you've you've actually ridden the fences even though you haven't ridden the Grand National, correct? Yes, I had a ride in the top of them one year. Yeah, so you obviously have been round it. I mean, what do you make of last weekend? Well, I I wasn't... I've got to be honest, I, I think times have changed. Um, what was acceptable <coughs> many years ago to the general public is probably not acceptable anymore. Right. Um, I think changes will have to be made. Um Unfortunately, the people who were demonstrating basically would like to see no horses ever being ridden, and basically, they're obviously their 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 viewpoint would be no horses, no pet. And if you if you really listen, look at if you really investigate their aims, they wouldn't want anyone to have a pet dog either. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, now, the trouble is, racehorses are only bred to race. They're not bred for riding, although a lot of them do end up being in in general riding after they retire, yeah. and some of the ones that aren't good enough to race do that. But unfortunately, the, a lot of racehorses, they are hardly, strained, hardly trained athletes. Um, they're not as quiet as a pony, and in the right hands, they're perfectly safe, but in in... Ordinary riding people used to horse, used to ponies and horses, would find them quite difficult to manage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if there was no racing, you wouldn't be breeding these horses. Um, and racing is is a big business. Um, it employs a lot of people. A lot of people get their livelihoods out of it, and the general public get a lot of pleasure from it. Yeah. Um, it's a very. It's a very. <laughs> contentious argument uh, going back to the Grand National um, I thought that the protesters didn't help the situation with the horses in the race because with the hold-ups all the tension would have the jockeys would have felt tension that is transferred to the horses through the horses can sense, can sense it when the riders are apprehensive tension the horse can feel it yeah um, so that that would not have helped 40 horses gallop into that first jump. Um, but against that, I think if I was in charge of racing, I would definitely bring the uh, field size down. Yeah. Because um, basically nearly all the falls were caused by bunching. Yeah. The majority of falls were caused by bunching. Um, 
when I was a jockey, I always tried to ride into space so that my horse always had a clean clean view of the race and yeah. a clean view to land. In. Yeah. But obviously, with 40 horses, that's impossible going into that jump. Mm. That's why a lot of people wanted to be at the front yeah. so they would get a clear view of it. And then the ones in behind were trying to get out the way of the ones in front. Yeah. And it'd be like, it'd be like, um, it'd be like 10 cars going into eight spaces on the motorway. Yeah. You know, so invariably you're going to get um, trouble. So so I, if I was in charge of race, now I'd definitely bring the um, the number of runners down. Right. And I, the Grand National is a one-off race. It's a spectacle. Um, but maybe in this day and age to... You'll never, you'll never satisfy the fanatics, mm. but I think you've got to satisfy the middle ground. Yeah. Um, as as a racing horse lover enthusiast, I did find the first lap quite not not didn't enjoy watching it. No, no. And I think they still going to make better runoffs. I mean, there's improvements you can make. It's very easy to sit in hindsight. Um, I think they should have had the army rain, the army rain, Tattenham Corner. I think they should have had some some territorial army people there themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. But um, uh, no, but, I mean, what about the actual obstacles themselves? I mean, would you would you amend those at all? Well, the easier you make them, the faster they'll go. Yeah, that's the trouble. Um, I mean, the jumps now would be easier to jump than park fences. You'd have more. It'd be harder to jump around Cheltenham than to jump rain entry. Mm. Um, the you could you couldn't make the, hurt, the jumps any easier. The jumps are no. It is really. It, it's not. It's not a jumping. Basically, the, the jumps now over, since I think 2012 have been totally taken away. The, the, a horse that couldn't a horse that couldn't jump round Cheltenham could get round Liverpool now. Right, right. And yet they don't um, make the same fuss about Cheltenham, do they? No. Um, well, then again, they're not having 40 horses going round the track, are they? No. Well, no, that's true. That's and don't true. forget, I, I think another thing they could probably bring in, the jockeys need to be educated, and, and the majority of the jockeys are, don't get me wrong, they are, is when you get so far behind, you've got to pull up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, nobody likes to see horses flogged, and I, I do think that um, I think the whip has these new rules that have come in. I think that's a good thing in the long run. Um, although the trouble is that people we're trying to placate uh, are, are they don't want to see any racing. So no. whatever you do mm. would not be good enough for them, and and you. You you shouldn't try to to do what they want, but I think you do need to have a bit of common sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's it's good. I'm trying to get everybody's opinion on this, and uh, um, you know, it's interesting to, how they vary, really. But uh, <clears throat> looking to your horses, uh, a third and a fifth last week at Leicester and Wolverhampton, so not a bad week. And uh, you've got a couple. Yeah, of... it was, it, it, we've got a lot more busy this weekend. Um, I've got crazy luck in a very competitive race at Newbury with Oshin Murphy on. Yeah. 
uh, Crazy's a really nice filly. She's been very successful over the last few years. Um, she she tends to just have a race. Race will always bring her on a bit, but she's in good form. Yeah. And then we've got I've got four at uh, Bath. I've got a nice two-year-old there called Beam. First time, uh, nice filly. She'd have a good. She should have a good season. Um, I'm hoping she'll run well. I wouldn't mind wind mine up quite so much as some of the other trainers in the race. Yeah. Um, we don't have many first-time out winners. If they do, they're very good. Um, but I'd expect her to run reasonably well. Uh, Princess Naomi in the first, she's in good form. She's got to a good mark in the handicap, should run well. Little Helen would have a great chance in her maiden. She was second last time in a, in a competitive handicap. She should run well. And then we've got Wilhampton uh, in a very competitive race, a valuable race, uh, listed fillies race. Hard task, but she's a good filly. But she's one of the outsiders, unfortunately. And a, and a couple on Saturday, Just a Spark and uh, Bama Lama. How about them two? They would probably be the two most fancied of the weekend. Really? Um, right. Just a Spark's won three races already this season. Um, and Bama Lama likes soft ground, which she will get on Saturday. Any idea who's riding them? Uh, Ollie Searle rides Bama Lama. Yeah. Um, he hasn't ridden on the track before, but it's an apprentice race and he, he rides well. And um, Ross Coatley's on Just a Spark. Right, okay, fine. So, looking to be what could be quite a good uh, couple of days then, all being well? Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, win some prize money. Good. Well, thank you for that, Rod. We'll uh, wish you all the best with those, and uh, thank you for your opinion on the Grand National, and we will speak to you next week, if that's all right. That's fine, lovely, thank you. Lovely job. Thanks very much then, Rod, and we'll speak to you then, okay? Well, that was Rod Millman down in Columpton, and now we're going to catch up with Richard Phillips over in Gloucestershire. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Thanks for joining us uh, on the show, especially under the circumstances that you're not feeling too special. Um, but now got a bit of a lurgy, Adrian. Absolutely, but always a pleasure to talk to you. Ah, oh, you're a star man. You are. You you say the nicest things. So, um, what are we going to talk to about today? Then I suppose we ought to start with the furore that's followed the Grand National. What are your thoughts on it all? Well, I think um, not surprising, really, uh, the reaction. Um, I think uh, racing does have a job. We pointed this out quite a long time ago with producing National Racehorse Week, which is uh, uh, an idea I came up with a few years ago. National Racehorse Day I came up with, and it's come up to a week because there's a huge story to tell about the welfare and how horses are looked after uh, and have the lives that human beings should have, really. But having said that, um, racing does have a job on to, to get that message across. On Saturday, um, due to a pretty small proportion of people uh, compared to the 70,000 crowd, um, they tried to disrupt the start. And unfortunately, with the disruption of the start, it all got a bit rushed. And against the statistics of the last few years, um, unfortunately, there were a few fallers over the first and second fences. Uh, including one fatality, unfortunately, as we know. Mm. And um, and whether or not uh, the delay had uh, an impact on that, it's hard to say, but um, it'd be surprising if it hadn't. But uh, all in all, I think racing has to go on the front foot and explain that these horses have great lives. And unfortunately, Hill 16 had been round the race course twice in the past and jumped very well. And um, it was tragic 
to see what happened and whether or not um, he was um, affected by the delay. Who knows? But uh, racing does have a job on to actually explain to the public because uh, the world has changed significantly over the last five to ten years on how they uh, people approach um, animals. And I think, you know, in the past it's been the nation's favourite, the people's race. But we do have to keep on explaining that these horses have great, great lives. 99.8% of them do not have a problem, uh, but sadly 0.2% do. <coughs> and um, it's very unfortunate that um, that there are fatalities, but um, the alternative is that there's no racing at all. And um, I think most people in Britain know that uh, as long as racing continues to do everything it can to minimise the risk, then racing will continue to be the second most watched sport in Britain. Yeah, well said, well said. Okay, well, um, <coughs> moving on from the uh, the Grand National, um, we've got the Scottish version coming up uh, over the weekend. Um, what are your tips for that? Have you got anything that you fancy in that? Well, there's been a lot of money for Monbeg Genius this week, a horse that was backed at the Channel Festival in the John Joe O'Neill Yard, and uh, he looks an ideal type for Scottish National. Yeah. And um, he'd have a good chance along with Kitty's Light, trained by Christian Williams, who has had a good record in this race in the past. So they're the two main protagonists. I like a horse called Under Supervision, who is a horse that trained by Nigel Tristan Davis. That has basically um, run very well at Doncaster over the last few seasons, including some big chases there. I think the flat galloping track will suit him, and he could be the outsider at 20-1. to 1. OK, fine. And... Um... Newbreed is a, a big flat meeting at Newbury. What about there? Because we've seen some decent horses come out already in this week with uh, over at Newmarket. Well, Mama's Girl um, won the Nell Gwynn uh, for the Ammo Racing Syndicate. Uh, Ammo Racing, um, they're a big, big unit and they've got lots of good horses. They're an incredible week. Uh, Indestructible also won for them in a trial this week uh, in the Craven. So they won both the Nell Gwynn and the Craven and on Saturday, um, they've got a chance with Magic, Magical Sunset and Fred Darling, who is trained by Richard Hannon and has produced some pretty good performances as a two-year-old. So she goes there with a chance in the Fred Darling. And uh, there's also the, the uh, Greenham Stakes, where Andrew Balding's Chaldean, who won the Dewhurst last year, win by Frankie Dettori, uh, runs in uh, the Greenham. So that's always been a, a great 2000 guineas test. So there's some real clues coming out. And I would have thought Mama's Girl, Indestructible, both look as though they've got each way chances in the Classics running this week at Newmarket. And it'll be fascinating to see how Chaldean gets on because he certainly has a chance in the Guineas. Tell me, this, this Kia Jarabchin, I thought he was a football agent. Is he, is he that big in horse racing? He certainly is. He is a football agent. And uh, he's obviously getting quite a bit of commission because he's got hundreds of horses in training. Yeah. I look at it. Uh, He's doing very well. He's got a new stable jockey this year, Kevin Stott. Um, although um, Sean Levy rode Mama's Girl for the Hannon camp. But um, Kevin Stott rides a majority of the horses. And they've got some really good horses just for this season. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they've had a great start. And, of course, every owner wants to be a, a classic winning owner. Yeah, and he's certainly it, got two, two good each-way chances with Mama's Girl. And indestructible this week. Yeah, yeah. No, he used to be uh, well, 
perhaps he still is, uh, Carlos Tevez's agent, I think, because uh, I remember when Tevez played for Man United, he was often quoted as being the agent. So uh, he's obviously got two strings to his bow. Yeah, I think we're missing out on a trick, you and I, Adrian. Yeah. We need to be football agents. Yeah, that's it. That's where the money is, mate, isn't it? Instead <laughs> of news agents or estate agents, which is the normal people that we mix with. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, well, we all know they're all they're all called um, Dick Turpin, aren't they, I always think. But uh, there we go. And solicitors. Anyway, we'll leave, th- we'll, we'll leave them alone for the moment. Um, but in the meantime, I trust you will improve health-wise by the time we speak to you again. Thank you for your... Um, tips for the weekend and um yeah get well soon richard well thank you very much yeah uh the great thing about it is that when you don't feel too well always racing will cheer you up yeah and there's loads of things coming up uh, over the next few days so lots of clues for the classics and of course the great uh scottish grand national on saturday so lots to look forward to good well thanks for joining us richard and uh get well soon thank you very much thank, thank you great. mate well, that was Richard Phillips under the weather up in Gloucestershire, but uh, hopefully he'll be fit and raring to go by next next Thursday. And now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Hi, Jamie. Uh, I can hear you're at the sales. Um, uh, how are things generally? Yeah, good. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, um, things are well. Horses horse still running well. Um, we're, yeah, on the way up to air, we got um, Scottish National Meeting coming up and what have you. So uh, no, it's, it's all good. What's your opinion uh, the furore that has followed the Grand National? I mean, we've spoken about horse safety and such like very, very often, really. But uh, this has suddenly blown up again. I mean, what, what are your feelings on it? Yeah, I think um, there are several points here. Um, the, the, the first point that probably needs needs um, reiterating is that uh, we live in a democracy and everyone has a right to protest. But everyone has a peaceful right to post protest. Um, and anyone who breaks the law should not be given a voice. Yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, it, it appears now in our democracy that if you break the law, then your voice is heard. And it shouldn't be. So that's the first, that's the first point to say. The second yeah. point to say is that fatalities in British racing have come down by a third in the last 20 years. And currently it stands at 0.2% of runners picking up fatal injuries. Yeah. Now, now in, in life, there are, there are risks. In sports, there are risks. And we have, to, we have to know what is an acceptable risk and what is an unacceptable risk. And... You know, a, 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 a statistic of, of 0.2% of runners is a pretty low statistic. So we are all um, constantly trying to prevent fatalities. Yeah. But fatalities are inevitable in life. Yeah. And as far as the Grand National is concerned... You know, it is. It, it, there is always a risk. You yeah. will never eliminate that. You will never eliminate that risk. So it, it is how risk averse the general the general public want to be. But 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 protesters are concerned. These people that 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 that, that you know stick themselves to the road or tie themselves to Beaches Brook 
or, or throw orange paper, uh, orange powder onto snooker tables. You know, they, we, we should not be given the, giving these people a voice. No. They're mean, breaking the law. It's, it's almost a pity that, that you can't just say, well, all right, if you want to, you know, bolt yourself to a, 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 a pole at Beaches Brook, all right, you stay there. But the trouble is, obviously, the horses could, could get hurt because of them. But it would, it would serve them right if they were left there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like driving driving over somebody's glued to the road. You know, if you kill them, you'll you'll be you'll be sent to prison yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, it, it, you, know you, you can't. We can't be doing that. But no. but we cannot give the we cannot give anyone who breaks the law the right the right to a voice. No, that's right. That's right. Um, but you've got a busy time now coming up tomorrow uh, and Saturday. Um, first of all, are all the horses going uh, Bangor and Air, or, or or some of them not? No, we run Passing Well on Ebonello uh, Air tomorrow. We'll run That's Right Gino at Air on Saturday, and we'll run Braveheart at Exeter tomorrow. Right. Okay. And uh, and I think I, th I think we'll have a couple of runners Sunday as well. Right. Okay. Um, you had a couple of winners at Wincanton, I think, last week. Um, but uh, you wear it well. Was perhaps a little disappointing, or did you think it was a, a good run? I think AD, um, you wear it well. Obviously, won at the festival. Um, we were trying to do the the, the Cheltenham Aintree double. Um, she was fifth in a Grade One up at Aintree. Um, yeah, she she didn't she didn't run her race. I think that's fair to say. Um, but she she didn't disappoint. You know, she no. was fifth in a in a in a Grade One against the boys. The the winner was rated one one forty eight. The third horse was rated one fifty. The fourth was one forty four, and we were one forty two. So. Um, you know, we've run our race, um, but it but it hasn't been the with the, the the sparkle sparkling performance that she put up at, at Cheltenham for sure. Do you, do you think that that was perhaps because our fault in that that we all expected too much? You know, we we're sort of blinded by the success I, I, at Cheltenham, really. No, I think it's very hard to do the double, um, and and I think if you try and do the double, you probably got to be fresher going into Cheltenham. She'd had. Um, you know, a few. She'd won a Grade Two at Sandown in in, in February. She had finished um, second in a Grade One at Newbury in 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 in, in, in December. Um, she'd had a couple of runs before that. So, um, you know, you probably need a slightly fresher horse if you're going to try and do the Cheltenham Entry Double. Yeah. Um, she's probably on the back of a, a long, hard season, long, yeah. hard, successful season. But I think it was just probably one race too many. Yeah. And of course, now I suppose things are sort of slightly. Once you've got this weekend over, the things quieten down a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, a bit, a bit of racing next week, and then Sandown um, a week, a week on Saturday, and and, and then uh, that, then that's the season over and done and dusted. Yeah, yeah. Soon comes around, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. Well, look, have a great weekend at um, at Air and and Bangor, and let's hope you get a few winners and. Um, We'll speak to you next week, Jamie. Yeah, you're very kind. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Okay, thanks for coming on the show. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Have a good week? Yeah, I've had a cracking week till I took the girls out for dinner at the Hungry Horse in Yeovil tonight. Um, that was quite entertaining. Oh, good. One of the barmaids was trying to get drunk before she started a shift, and there was a... Uh, a human resources dispute in the bar area with a manager. The statement that come out was uh, 
more like a lump of gristle than it was steak. So uh, it's been an enjoyable afternoon so far. But we've got four horses for you at air on Saturday, and uh, we'll go through them for you. And uh, obviously, we've got the air Scottish Grand National on this week, and we've got a special tip in that one for you. Right. Okay then, Dave. You go for it, mate. Well, we're going to start off with a free, uh, the 150. And the horse that we like here is City Chief, uh, Nicky Henderson's, uh, Nicky D- Nico de Boyneville was taking a ride. Now, this fella's one up in air before, back in April 22. He was very hard ridden by James Bowen, and he come through very late on in the race and won quite quite cosy as they say and uh i think he'll run a very good race there he's he's got the going that he he seems to want which is good going and it's on the good good to soft at the moment at air and he's priced up at around about five to two as i say nico's taking a ride on him and uh he's right he's racing in the famous colors of mrs donnelly the yellow and black checks of uh shishkin fame so uh we shall see how he gets on and uh that's our first tip for the week Radio, okay. Moving down to the 2.25, and the horse we like here is Kerry Lee's horse, Namine Leon, I believe that's how he's pronounced, or Namine Lion, whichever way you want to call him. He's a French horse. Uh, he was originally trained by Andre Farb over in France, and obviously he's got a very good pedigree for the flat, this fella, and uh, for good going and everything else will certainly be in his favour. He's out of Golden Horn, and he's out of a Selkirk mare called Nefia, and he's he's won a good couple of races over here this year already. He won at Hereford uh, when I was up there in November, and then he won at Kelso in March, and uh, he's got a good turn of foot, and he ran in the race uh, at Sandown, the Tolworth, behind Tamuris of Paul Nichols. And he was only three lengths behind him, so uh, he's got some very good form. He's priced up at eight to one at the moment, and he's got Richard Patrick, who's uh, carrying his normal jockey, uh, on his back, so they'll uh, know what's going on there. So here's the second leg of our lucky fifteen this week: the two twenty-five, the Mean Leon, Mean Lion, whichever way you want to pronounce him. But we know he's French, so I think it's Leon. But there you go. Okay. Moving down to the three o'clock. And the horse that we like here is Ollie Murphy's horse, Thunder Rock. Uh, he's owned by the McNeil family. Uh-huh. Uh, Thunder Rock's trained by Ollie Murphy. He, he started the season off very well at Utoxeter on good going, and he beat brief times in a very easy four and a half lengths that day. And then he came out uh, Ascot on uh, good to soft, good going, and he beat Solo eight and a half lengths. And then he's moved up into the top grade categories and he's, he's run twice behind the real whacker and he's also become third behind Jerry Colombe. So he's been running in the uh, top, top, top level races there. So uh, I think he'll do very well on Saturday and uh, he's third leg in our lucky 15. So that's a three o'clock Thunder Rock. Okay. Now the special one uh, we'll, uh, we're, we're giving you, the air's Air Grand, the Air Scottish Grand National is the 335 race. About four weeks ago, I was up uh, Hereford and sat down and had lunch with Fergal O'Brien. And he's got a horse uh, I really like, and it's called Man of the People. And I said to Fergal over lunch, I said, when's Man of the People going to run against it? Run the previous day, and he comes second after a, after having a break. So uh, Fergal said to me, he said, he's going to be aimed at air and we think he'll win up there as long as the going's on the good side of good to soft. So 
So uh, he's entered in the in the Air Scottish Grand National. Now he won four races in a row before he had this 110 day, 111 day break. And he wasn't fully wound up for his run at Newbury back in March, but we know he's going to be fully wound up for this because Fergal said to me this has been his target for the the year. Uh, he's stepping up in trip. He, he's won over three miles two at Chepstow earlier in the year, and he's running over three miles seven in uh, Scottish Grand National here. But he's priced up at a very nice 20 to 1 at the moment with two or three firms. Most of them have already shortened his odds already, so if you want to get a bet on him, I'd get on there pretty damn quick. Yeah, and uh, okay. as I say, Fergal said to me, he's worth having a little bet on because he thinks he'll stay all day long and he's an absolute stag over his fences. He jumps like an absolute machine, so yeah. uh, we shall see. So, okay. It's the fourth leg in our lucky 15 and uh, we'll leave that with everyone else. So, uh, happy punting, everybody. Lovely job. Thank you, David. That's great. Let's hope he comes in then, eh? Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing and next up, we've got Mr. Simon Holt. From the Sporting Life. Well, good morning, Simon. Um, not a good morning for me after the football last night, but uh, <laughs> we've got to get ourselves together now and think about horse racing. So uh, a big weekend this again with the Scottish Grand National coming up. Yes, absolutely. And just a week after the uh, Randolph's Grand National last Saturday, um, which was pushed back, I think Easter was responsible. And so we've got this, you know, we haven't got too many horses backing up at air, having run at entry. No. Um, and none, as far as I can see, in the Scottish Grand National on first glance. It's, as ever, a really competitive race. And Lucinda Russell, of course, sent out Corat Ramba to that memorable win at Aintree last week. She's got two pretty good candidates in this, including your own story, who, like Corak Rambler, is written by Derek Fox and does seem to be quite a progressive stayer. He's running in mostly small fields this season, but in his last two starts, he's um, been pushed up in distance beyond three miles and he's really looks as though he was suited by it. So it's a bit of a challenge for him running against uh, 22 other runners, uh, a big change. But of course, as we've seen, Derek Fox is a fantastic navigator through large packs of horses. Uh, that's what he was able to do at Cheltenham. And if he can get your own story into a good position, then the horse has got a very good chance. But it is it is a step up, even though he's only got 10 stone two. Russell also runs Mighty Thunder, who's past winner of this race, has been in the wilderness, but showed signs of coming back at Kelso last time out and would be very well handicapped now. And the one that I think, well, I think he's an intriguing horse to watch, is Kitty's Light, who won the Ida chase at Newcastle in February. And he's run very well in these big races, these long-distance chases. He was second to his stable companion, Win My Wings, 12 months ago. He's been placed in two bet three six five gold cups. He's, a, he's a, a difficult horse to watch because he doesn't always jump very well. And he's seldom on the bridle, but he's got relentless stamina. And he's still well handicapped in this uh, compared to some of his previous runs. So I would just favour him, but it'll be a, if you're back in Kitty's Light, uh, it'll be a roller coaster ride, I can tell you, because at yeah. Newcastle, he never jumped a fence. He looked beaten several times, and yet he came through very strongly at the end. He's just a remarkable, a bit freakish, really, he just keeps on going, you know. So what did you make of the Grand National, um, Simon? I mean, it was uh, 
you know, the race itself, but obviously all the shenanigans that uh, took place before it. Um, not the greatest publicity for horse racing, I don't think. Well, it's always an eventful race, and there were, were certainly a lot of incidents in, in last Saturday's uh, contest, and uh, there was a fatality, and there were a couple of other fatalities at, at Aintree. And I think, as I said in the past, you know, with regard to uh, not just jump racing, but horse racing, and also any equine pursuit, you know, you, you either accept the possibility that, um, you know, a horse might um, meet a bad end, or you don't. And Overall, the fatality rate in British racing has come down. The Grand National is probably not as dangerous a race as it used to be. They have tried to make it safer, but you can only make it so safe. Um, there are other things I think they could do. I think uh, they could start the race a lot further back. I'd actually extend the distance so that the jockeys would have to go slower um, in the early stages. I, I would actually start the race at the entrance on the hurdles course to the Marmay course, so that they'd, they'd have the best part of five furlongs until they jump the first fence. The first two or three fences are always the um, accident hotspots yeah. uh, because of the size of the field, horses in the way of each other, and going too quickly. Um, after that, the race generally settles down a little bit. It wasn't always all the case on, on Saturday, but I would, I would just give them that much longer run to the first, and... Uh, also, I would make sure that the ground, as they do in France, was watered very heavily, yeah. just slowing them down. I think that's the secret. You've just got to slow the race down. And um, there will definitely be fewer um, incidents, fewer injuries. Yeah. But it is a remarkably popular uh, sporting event still. You have to remember that. You know, Millions watch it on television. Millions around the world. I was commentating there on the satellite feed and at the race course last Saturday. And somebody said to me there might be a worldwide audience for about 500 million. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Um, fortunately, they told me that after the race. I thought <laughs> it would have been a bit, <laughs> a bit more nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it is it is a, an incredibly popular sporting event. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. But demonstrably, so many people, it's the one race of the year where they have a bet. And I also would say it's a little bit, a bit of human nature, really, because... Without the um, the excitement and the incidents, you know, it probably wouldn't be so attractive to a lot of viewers. It's a bit like, you know, people that tune in to watch the Formula One Grand Prix and, and switch off after the first bend. Yeah, quite. And yeah. It's just human nature, really. And, uh, you, you, you know, a lot of people are looking for a few oohs and ahs. Yeah. I, I personally, as I've got older, I... I, I do find it more upsetting when horses um, get injured yeah. at the races, wherever, not just the Grand National. But but I I accept it, and I accept it. I accept the fact that these horses are beautifully looked after, yeah. and they are bred on very narrow lineage. So they are always going to be race race horses. It's exactly what they are bred to do. It's not like me. I mean, my father was a policeman. My mother was an engraver. And I've become a racing journalist. But in, in <laughs> horses, in thoroughbred breeding, there's only one destiny. And that's yeah. they're going to become horses. So they're doing exactly what they're bred to do. And it's demonstrably in everybody's interest that those horses are as fit and healthy as can possibly be before they run, run in a horse race. Okay, very well put, Simon. Thank you. Um, 
Now, also this weekend, Newbury, there's a bit of a, a, a big meeting at Newbury on the flat, isn't there? Yes, well, we've got some um, classic trials. We've had some classic trials uh, earlier this week um, at the Craven meeting. I thought Mama's Girl was quite impressive in the Nell Gwynn stakes. It's quite apparent at the moment on the flat, and we've had this rather cold spring, haven't we? Yeah. Some trainers have their horses more forward than others. Uh, I would point out uh, James Fergus is in fantastic form at the moment. Charles Hills is going well. And Sir Michael Stout's early runners. He's not always the fastest starter, Sir Michael, but, but he seems to have his horses in good trim at the moment. So I think those are yards to keep an eye on. Um, going forward in the next week or two before the weather sort of warms up, hopefully it'll wet, warm up, um, and other trainers get their horses a little bit straighter. Um, yeah. At Newbury tomorrow, it's the Greenham. We've got Chaldean, who was one of the leading, probably was the leading uh, British-trained uh, two-year-old last season, and he's going to be a short price to win the Greenham and hopefully advertise his chances for the 2,000 guineas. Um, I think he should win unless one of the other runners has really improved since last year. And earlier, the Dubai Duty Free, which most of us will remember more as being called the Fred Darling, looks quite an open race. There's quite a nice uh, Godolphin filly called Bridestones, trained by John and Thady Gosden, uh, who was impressive when winning at Yarmouth last October. And one of Richard Hannon's, uh, Richard, of course, is, uh, the trainer of Mama's Girl, who won the Nelf win, uh, Magical Sunset who uh, was a course and distance winner in Listed Company on her final start, again in October, uh, at Newbury, um, over seven furlongs in heavy ground. I think that she should be able to get uh, further, could develop into a, a 1,000 guineas candidate. Not sure that she's as good as Mama's girl, but we'll find out tomorrow. There's also the Spring Mile, or Spring Cup, isn't it? Um, the, the big handicap on the card. And William Haggis's horse, Latam, Looks set to go off favourite, having won the Irish Lincolnshire at the Curra the other day, given a, a, a fantastic ride by Chris Hayes, who was ordered to strike the front as late as possible. And that's exactly what he managed to do, despite having about 26 other runners in the race. And so Latam will probably, um, or Tom Marquand in the saddle this time, will probably try the same thing. Won't be easy, though. You know, with a horse like that, you need to have everything going for you. But he handled the soft ground. I thought Bear Force won... Uh, Billy Lockman taking off five pounds, had a chance. He's won twice at Newbury in the past and comes here off a win at Kempton. Good. OK, Simon. Well, thank you very okay. much for that. Yeah, that sort of covered virtually everything, I think. So uh, all we do has a bit of warm so. weather, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it is. And even when it's, uh, I don't know what it's been like with you, but down here in the um, soft southeast, um, we've had a couple of sunny days this week, but still... The air has felt very cool. Yeah. I think that's um, that, that's the thing that needs to change. You know, the, the direction of the wind probably just yeah. needs to turn around a little bit. But uh, um, And we're getting, uh, you know, I think a little bit of rain coming up again over the next few days. So um, it's, uh, it's a slow, cold, old spring at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, we've had the same, so it's just no different down here. You're not getting picked out, I can assure you. But um... No, but... It, it yeah. does affect these horses, particularly the young flat horses. You yeah. know, if it's a little bit cold, some of them can be a bit slow to come in their coat. And um, that's why I think on the flat at the moment, um, the the message should be follow trainers in form. Yeah, yeah. OK, then. Well, thank you very much for all of that, Simon. And uh, we will speak to you again soon. OK, AD. All the best. And you. Thank you.
Well, that was uh, Simon Holt from The Sporting Life, of course. And now we're going to catch up with, yeah, you guessed it, it's the cheeky sappy Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Um, nice bright morning. Uh, are you going racing today? Oh, yes, I'm off to Newbury in a minute, um, Aidy, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's not very bright here, actually. For a moment, a lovely day yesterday. It's a bit drizzly and rainy, and Newbury's going to be a bit miserable if, um, if it uh, carries on like this, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah we've got good, good, good racing, and um, it's, uh, the ground's soft, good and soft in places. Wouldn't want too much more rain to make it soft, probably, for Saturday's racing. Yeah. But uh, very good races up and down the country, including, of course, the... Uh, the, the the big jumps meeting up in Scotland, and that is the uh, Coral Scottish Grand National meeting. Indeed, it is. And uh, yeah, some good, really good racing up there. I think uh, we need to look at it carefully, try and find a winner or two. As I say, they got pretty good ground up there, so you know it is very competitive and. It's very close to last week's um, Grand National. So anybody that had a runner in the National quite often, um, you know, you could run it in the Scottish and um, a couple of weeks or three weeks later, but it's too close for any of that stuff to go on. But um, well, let's hope we don't have these name? idiots up there trying to wreck the race. Absolutely. Well, there's a champion chase up there at 150, and yeah. I think it's between the front two and the betting. City Chief, who's uh, Nicky Henderson's just won three races for him. And Oscar Elite, trained by Joe Tizard, was fifth to Corrick Rambler, beating 14 lengths. And that was uh, at the Cheltenham Festival before that one quite nicely at Ascot. So I think they're, they're the two to be looking at. And if I were uh, going to have a little bet in the race, which I will, um, I would be having a reverse exact to City Chief and Oscar Elite. And probably back in City Chief, to win. Okay. Then at 225, we got the Coral Scottish Champion of Grade 2 handicap. I remember going up to Air One meeting many years ago, riding a horse called Remezzo that was a good horse on the flat for Clive Britton, and he was pretty good over hurdles, but he was a bit temperamental and a little bit iffy, if you like, sometimes, but he was classy. And uh, we took him up there, thought he'd run an OK race, but he actually ran a brilliant race and got beaten a blooming short head by no less than Sea Pigeon. Oh. So that would have been nice if I'd won that, but yeah. I never did. There we go. Anyhow, let's have a look at this race. Scottish Champion Hurdle. There's a horse called um, Soaring Glory that could run. A big race in the, it, it, here for John Joe O'Neill. It's a wide open race betting wise. And another horse actually that ran very well to be fourth in the county hurdle called, Fam, uh, called um, Highway 102, trained by Chris, what's his name, um, Gordon. Um, two horses would beat chances, I think. Uh, Nico de Boinville rides at first street for um, Nicky Henson and Lady Bamford. That was behind a couple of these at Cheltenham, so I'm not sure it's good enough here today. But um, I'm going to take Soaring Glory to bounce back because he's been a very good horse on his day. And, uh, you know, he deserves a decent win. He's one off a higher marks than he's running off today. So let's give him a go for the Scottish champion hurdle. OK, fair enough. Soaring Glory. Soaring Glory. And then we got Champion Novices Chase here. Worth a few quid. They put up some nice prize money there. 
Um, what wins that? It looks a very competitive race. Um, Belka Kosto was a bit of a disappointment, really, at Cheltenham, when last behind stage star. He's been quite well beaten since. You've got That's All Right Gina that pulled up behind Sednick Jock before that was second of Solo at Kempton. Um, got also like Thunder Rock from the Ollie Murphy yard, who's in pretty good form. Six, that was at um, Cheltenham. I think it's a very open race, to be perfectly honest. I think maybe Thunder Rock, the five horse, has got an each way charge. Thirdly, Jerry Colom, um, who's won twice since. Um, and, th- and that was in a good race at Sandown in February, the Silly Isles Novice Chase. So, a little each way Thunder Rock. There's only seven runners, so it needs to be in the first two. Okay. The Scottish Grand National. Dusart heads the weights. Nico de Boinville rides this one for Henderson. He's had pretty good form in the past. Pulled up behind Horace Senor the last day he ran. But before that, uh, two runs before that, he did win up at Air. In fact, he won at this meeting last year off of 147. He's off 154 now. So he's probably uh, got it to do, if you like. Um, he didn't He didn't win the uh, Scottish National. He won a champion chase up there, but anywhere near his best. I mean, he must have a big chance. Kitty's light, a horse that stays longer than the mother-in-law. I mean, this horse um, is in great form. Jack Tudor takes the ride for Christian Williams. Um Bit of a dodgy jumper, though, isn't he? Kitty's light. Well, he can be. He's got another runner in the race, Captain Noir, uh, who was ninth to our power at Kempton last time out, but beat Neon Light at Ascot. It's a pretty wide-open race, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, But Kitty's light also, I think he'll probably want the ground really, really soft. I don't think it is over, overly soft up there. I'm going to take a chance with Dussart. As I say, he pulled up back in January. Obviously, he wasn't right that day. But he's had plenty of time to come right. and comes here a relatively fresh horse. He's about 16 to 1. So, do start for the Scottish National and Nicky Henson. Right, you are. Right, I would um, be going to Brighton if Newbury weren't closer. So, um, I'm not going to Brighton. I'm going to go to Newbury Saturday. But... um, we do have Brighton on, and that's the sort of place that Mary would like to go, to be perfectly honest, because she gets out there on the beach with her dog, fish and chips, and a bit of a stare about, and enjoy her afternoon, I'd say, at Brighton. Have you ever been to Brighton? Uh, yes, I have been to Brighton, yeah, yeah. Were you at university there? <laughs> university? What's that? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I, I've been to... Um... I've been to Brighton and Hove Albion's football ground in Brighton, actually. And by the way, ah, talking of Mary, apologies, oh, Mary, yeah. for Sam Brown. Uh, we all thought he had a good chance, but unfortunately, oh, yeah, tip, wasn't it? it wasn't to be. But um, hopefully you didn't put your house on it anyway. But uh, I put a bit on and unfortunately it lost. But there we go. That's racing. Yeah, she won't forgive you very easily. And the other thing is, um, Mary, about Brighton, is on Sunday, A.D. Hopper, our uh, our radio goo-goo, um, will be a little upset when Man United get beaten by Brighton and go through to the FA Cup on Sunday. <laughs> we will see, Mr. Brown. We will see. Okay. okay. We will see. But 
I'll have an even. I'll have a fiver with you. Brighton beat and then you, okay? Yeah, you're on. On, okay. Yeah. Right, let's move on to Brighton. Good racing down at Brighton, always. Good fun, anyhow. Um, what wins there at Brighton? Um, well, what race would be nice run. to know? Well, I'm just going about to tell you. Andrew Boarding wins a few down here at Brighton. And uh, so does Archie Watson. Archie Watson runs quite a nice colt by Sadler's Call called Dread Pirate Roberts. What's it called? Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. I've got it. Number two in the 515. Yeah. I think that might just make a winning appearance there because, uh, or a debut, should I say, because he does really well with his two year first time out. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that won uh, there at, um, at, at Brighton. Okay. Um, right. What, other, what others do I fancy there? Um, mm, ah, yeah. One of. Uh, one of Ed Walker. Ed Walker runs a horse there that won at Newmarket last time out called Canoodled. And uh, Safi Osborne takes the ride. And I think that will win down there at Brighton. They, uh, at, at, what time is it? 6.15. Number two, Canoodled. I hope you didn't do any canoodling when you were down there in Brighton, Eddie. No, no. I was very careful down in Brighton. We won't go any more than yeah, that. You, <laughs> no, we won't go any more than that when we were Brighton. You never know. Right, let's get to Newbury, shall we? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you sound a bit like... No, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting over the, the defeat from last night, that's all, so... Uh... Oh, come on, buck up a bit. Yeah, well, Buck up, uh, that's what yeah, I say. Yeah. Come on. Well, look, you look, know... Look for, Look forward to Sunday, then we're getting stuffed again. Yeah, well, not um, only that, we've had Yeovil getting relegated as well. It's all doom and gloom, I tell you. Uh, there you go. Yeah, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. Poor old. They, they were a good club when you were sort of running them, weren't they? I know, Yeovil? exactly. Since I left, it's all gone to pot. But there you yeah, go. That's... It has all gone to pot. Yeah. Right. After Newbury, there's a race called the John Porter Stakes, the 130. The favourite will win, in my opinion. It's called Hurricane Lane. Very good form, Hurricane Lane. He was third in the Derby in 2021. He won the Irish Derby. Um, then he went a long shot and won. He won the Ledger. Very good horse. And he's, you have to say he's just been a little bit quiet since then. And he had two runs last year where he's third to Broom Asker in, uh, at the Royal Meeting. And then was disappointing... Um, in the uh, Grand Prix at Saint Cloud, but he's had enough time off, and they brought him back. And I would say he'll win. Hurricane Lane, one thirty at Newbury. Okay. <clears throat> we've got we've got the Phillies race, the Dubai Duty Free, Fred Darling Stakes Group Three for three-year-olds, over seven furlongs. A little bit of a uh, you know sort of thousand guineas. Uh, Heads up, I suppose, here, if there's anything outstanding in the race. They really is a wide-open betting race at the moment. And um, Yarmouth's winner, I think, is going to go off favourite, and that's Bridestones, trained by Gosden for Godolphin by Tifolio. That one in Guineas a few years ago. I always look at their breeding. Um, love looking at the breeding. But um, that will probably go off favourite. Richard Hannon's got a horse for ammo racing called Magic Sunset that was also a winner at Newbury in October. Um, and she won the Radley Stakes. 
they're in great form, the horses of um, Ammo Racing. And I'm going to go Ammo Racing's horse, Magical Sunset and Bridestones. They're the two against the field. Put them in a reverse exactor if you fancy. Number one and number seven in the 205. That's at Newbury for Saturday. Watership Down. Have you ever been to Watership Down? Uh, no. There's a load of rabbits there, I've well, eh, That's why I thought you might have been there. Well, the, the studs, of course, owned by the Lloyd Webbers, and uh, this is the Watership Down. Too darn hot. That was a very good horse uh, they owned and bred. Greenham States, is, again, is a little bit of a pointer towards the guineas at Newmarket. Frankie's Downy rides uh, a horse that was very good last year called Chaldine. He's the 11 to 8 on favourite. He ended up winning the Group 1 Dewhurst at Newmarket, his final run of the year. He was beaten at Newbury first time out, mind you, but he the power in June. But he should win that trial. Um, and what's going to maybe follow him home? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, I would say probably, probably um, Geraldine should win. There's an outsider at a big price, actually, that's quite interesting. Um, I say an outsider. It's one of another one of Gosden's horses, and it's called Theory of Everything. And it's a winner at Doncaster, one by six wickets. Havlin rode it. It's owned by uh, Prince Faisal, and it's around about 12 to 1. And that's the horse that I give a good each way chance. Okay, right you are. Sheldon, Sheldon, and then the, the, the horse trained by um, Gosden. Um, right, what wins the Bet Goodwin Spring Cup? Well, there's a horse that um, was trained in Ireland last year. He did come over here and run a couple of times. Another ammo racing horse. Um, and uh, was he a winner? Yeah, he won first time out at Newbury, actually. And I think that might be for Michael Bell, called Great Max. He beat a horse called Harrow. And he runs in the Spring Cup, and he's now trained by Alice Haynes in Newmarket. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he didn't run a big race. He's had a bit of a switch yard or two, but um, he'd have a little chance, I would say. But it's a very, very difficult race, so I'm going to leave it to your listeners to try and pick their way through that one. Um, and that is your lot. And that's my, there are all my tips for Saturday. Good. Okay. Well, let's hope there's a few winners there, and uh, I shall look forward to. We'll have to have a presentation of the five pound when you give it to me, because uh, yeah, that, that, we'll do that when you come up and take us out for dinner. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, at, at the Mich at the Michelin star gaff around the corner where we live. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that sounds good to me, Colin. So uh, let's hope we get some winners there, and uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you next week. We will do. Have a good week, listeners. Have a lovely weekend. Hope you're back a winner or two. And let's hope the sun comes out for the weekend. Yeah, let's hope so. It's a bit cold at the moment. Cricket starts tomorrow yeah, as well, of course. So, uh, oh, God, yeah. Those pitches are too wet. I've got to fit that in as well, cricket. So, you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's all go. A, it's, it's all go. You've got a bit on, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You've got a bit on. Yeah, I have. But there we go. There we go. Right, thank you, Colin. Take it easy. Speak to you next week. Cheers, boy. Bye. Thank you. Well, that was our Colin Brown, and um, basically it brings us to the end of a, a somewhat controversial show with all the various opinions on the Grand National situation from last week. And let's hope we have a very trouble-free 
Scottish Grand National at air tomorrow. So until next week, this is A.D. Hopper saying thank you for listening to The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. And we look forward to welcoming you back same time, same station next week. Until then, bye for now. (laughs) 